Welcome to another week of Mum Will Know with me, Claire Wind, midwife and mum. Join me each week as we delve into topics from conception to kids in kindy with the aim to become confident and well-informed mums. Thanks for joining me again. This week I thought I'd talk you through some ways to head towards being more environmentally friendly as a family with young kids. This is something I've definitely been thinking through and looking into since having Rupert. Uh, And I know that heaps of parents and just people in general are doing the same and they're in a similar boat. You know, we're looking for ways to lessen our environmental footprint. This topic's pretty extensive and continues to grow, but today I thought I'd share just 10 tips of ways we can make small changes uh, that heads us in the right direction to becoming more environmentally friendly. Some of these ideas may seem simple or you may already be doing them, which is awesome. Uh, And then others may seem a bit far-fetched, too much work, or just not something that you can be in the right headspace to change at the moment. And that's, of course, fine. Um, I'll be honest, I'm sharing these ideas, but it doesn't mean I'm on top of them in any way. Some of them require spending money, others take a lot of time and effort, and we don't all have some money and time to spare. Uh, So don't feel guilty if you can't follow this as some sort of 10 steps to better living. It's not that at all. More take these as suggestions, I guess, that you can pick and choose from with what works best for you. You know, what works with your family at this time of your life? What are you most comfortable with? So let's get into it. (laughs) Firstly, I thought I'd just touch on cloth nappies and cloth wipes. If you're new to Mum Will Know, I've done an entire episode on nappies uh, and the impact they have on the environment where I discuss um, disposables, I discuss reusable or cloth nappies, but I also discuss biodegradable disposable options. So if you really want to get on top of this topic, head over to episode four for more information there. But I'll give you a quick run over just basics really covering the environmental impact of nappies. So firstly, disposables, um, they affect the environment in two different ways, through their manufacture, which uses finite resources, which then contributes to global warming, and then also their end life, where millions of nappies end up in landfill and they take hundreds and hundreds of years to break down. Then there's cloth nappies. So their biggest impact is through the energy, water and detergents used to wash and dry them through their continued use. So ways we can be reducing the impact of cloth nappies is by using phosphate-free detergents, uh, washing in full loads with a front load washer, not tumble drying but line drying, and reusing those same nappies for multiple children. Um, I've touched on water here a little bit with reusables, but even when considering cloth nappies daily water needs for washing, it's still clear that disposables have a far greater water footprint during the manufacture than cloths use in their entire lifetime. So cloths are still ahead, even when we're talking about water. It's also worth considering the transportation carbon cost for nappies. Uh, As with everything, buying locally made products, uh, whether it's disposable or cloth nappies, will reduce the environmental impact. And again, whether it's disposable or reusable, look out for brands that offer plastic-free, recyclable or compostable packaging. And then if you're not able to convert to cloths, or in my experience, I do a bit of a combination of both cloths and disposables, there are also options for biodegradable disposable nappies, which are becoming more and more popular. Um, And in that episode, I think it was four, yeah, I discuss five great options available in Australia in the biodegradable market. 
So that's a brief look at nappies. Uh, there's also changes to wipes that can be made to lessen your environmental impact. Similarly, you can go down the reusable path. Um, a friend of mine actually bought us like 20 thin washcloth type things from Target that we've been using as wipes, uh, you know, just wet, wet them under a tap before using them and then add them to our wash load. And it's so simple. Uh, and then there's also the biodegradable wipe options, which are available now. So yeah, looking into how you can make some changes to these items that we use so many of every day uh, will really make a big difference. All right. Secondly, uh, again, looking at reusables versus single use items, there's also a great range of cloth breast pads that are such a simple way to reduce waste. I had some great cotton ones that had a kind of waterproof backing fabric type thing to them, which meant that I could literally wear them all day and they wouldn't soak through onto my bra. So having a set of maybe like eight or so uh, really will save you a fair chunk of money and, like I said, waste. Another item to swap out to reusable is burp cloths. I think most people do that nowadays. They use the big white nappy towel things as burp cloths. Um I know I was given like a million at my baby shower, which are awesome. And they're also perfect to wipe anything up, not just um, vomit, baby's vomit, but, you know, popping it onto the nappy change table um, so it catches any mess if you've got like a punami or something. Um, and also popping it under your high chair when you start solids because babies throw food everywhere. It just collects everything and is so easy to wash. And it just means you're not using things like wipes or tissues as often. Uh, another reusable swap out option, which is becoming popular now, is the period undies. So I'll be honest, I haven't actually given these a go yet because they kind of popped into my radar when I was pregnant. So I wasn't bleeding, of course, and I still haven't got my period back yet. But I think they sound awesome. Uh, they don't look like nappies or anything. They look like decent undies. So yeah, my plan is once my period returns to get a few pairs of these and see how they go. I also think they'd be an awesome option for post-birth bleeding uh, rather than wearing, you know, nappies or those jumbo pads. Um, I think you can get ones that are based on the level of flow you have. So with postnatal, you just get the heavy flow style of undies. So anyway, if you've got some, let me know what brand you use and whether you think they're awesome because I'm definitely planning to get some. All right, my third kind of point to get to head in the direction of being more environmentally friendly is to encourage you to go secondhand. So not only do secondhand items mean that you're saving money, but most of these items are so close to new or only used a handful of times that they almost feel brand new because babies just grow so quickly and use things for such a short amount of time. Uh, we used Facebook Marketplace to find both our cot and our dresser drawers for Rupert's room. Um, our pram was also another secondhand item. And we've, we've also uh, borrowed pieces of furniture from generous friends and family, like the bassinet that we use for like three months or something because they grow so quickly. Um, even our rocking chair is, uh, my, is my parents. We took it from their lounge room and we promised to return it at some point. <laughs> this is the same for clothing. So hand-me-downs, secondhand stores offer clothing as well that's worn before, yes, but often only a number of times. I know we have some clothes, especially from early on, that Rue only wore like once or twice because the weather wasn't timed right with the type of clothing that, that was in, in that size. Um, so, yeah, secondhand clothes are a great option. Uh, 
Something interesting that I found as well is that the UN Alliance for Sustainable Fashion discloses that the fashion industry is responsible for 8 to 10% of the world's carbon emissions, which is actually more than the amount produced by international flights and shipping combined. So that's really significant. I feel like we often um, kind of have a bad rap for international flights, but clothing is the way, like the fast fashion kind of clothing idea is really not doing well. Um, I read one statement that was aimed at the fast fashion movement practiced by adults, but it still makes sense for babies' clothes. And that claimed that if we extend the life of our clothing items by just nine months of active use, we would reduce the carbon, water, and waste footprint by around 20 to 30% each. So with kids' clothes, Obviously, our baby won't fit in something like a four-zero clothing for nine whole months, but by passing that item of clothing along or purchasing secondhand, you know, four-zero items, we can work towards these reductions in environmental impact. It's also like we need to almost break free from this consumerist must-have mentality that's shoved in our faces when we're pregnant. Like, did anyone else... Like as soon as they got a positive pregnancy test, did their Facebook start advertising baby products to them? Like it was really creepy. All right. Fourth point is continuing on the topic of clothing. If you're purchasing new, look for environmentally sustainable clothing. So basically items that are made from eco-friendly materials like bamboo or organic cotton. And the difference is that these clothes have been made without the use of harsh chemicals that can affect our health and the environment. You've probably heard of GOTS or G-O-T-S certified products, and this stands for Global Organic Textile Standards. And basically, items that are GOTS approved must be made from at least 70% organic fibres. To get this certification, the products are also only allowed to use eco-friendly dyes and the manufacturers must have a functional wastewater treatment plant in place. Packaging's not allowed to contain PVC and all hang tags or swing tags or whatever you call them must be recyclable or FSC certified. And then socially as well to be GOT certified, all people involved in the production of the product must be treated ethically with importance being placed on non-discrimination, workers' rights and their safety. And then, of course, there are other certifications that signify certain chemicals are excluded from production. And nowadays, a lot of clothing items are actually going beyond the 70% organic content that GOTS insures and claim to be 100% organic, which is really great. Um, Of course, these items of clothing do cost more, but I've found that they are generally of better quality, which means that you can actually get more use from them. So, for example, my sister passed on boxes of clothing for us to borrow because her son's nine months older than Rue. And without even looking at the label, I can just tell by feeling the difference between a regular cheap onesie and then a brand that I'm more likely to not know the name of. Sometimes the cheaper items feel so crisp and scratchy that I don't even bother with them. And they've only been worn and washed with one baby. Whereas like good quality fabrics and well-made items of clothing, they can be used for multiple babies and hold up to a crazy amount of laundering. Okay, so my fifth point uh, is water. So I've touched on water already when looking at nappies and just then as well when we were talking about the GOT certification. But a big way to save on water is to bath your baby less. Young babies in particular don't really need baths daily. Like you wipe their bums that often, uh, which is really the only place they get dirty unless they're big vomiters. Um, So really spreading out bath time of your baby to every few days or sharing bath time amongst siblings or parents will help reduce water 
in our case, we often had Rupert passed in with either George or I for a minute in our shower. He's cleaned up and that was enough to get his bum properly scrubbed and his face and neck soaked over. It's interesting actually to compare the average bath in Australia uses around 94 litres of water, whereas a shower uses on average for a seven-minute shower, 64 litres. Or if you've got one of those water-saving low-flow shower heads, 47 litres. So that's 94 litres for a bath versus, say, 64 or 47 litres for a shower, which is seven minutes long. And I feel like now because we're so used to droughts and things, people shower for less than seven minutes now. Like we've learned to, you know, cut down our showers to like two to four minutes, I'd say. So by showering rather than using a bath, you're already significantly cutting down on water use. All right, my sixth point, stay with me. (laughs) My sixth point is breastfeeding. Again, here I've got a bit of an overlap with another episode, um, which was episode six, which was Is Is Breast Best Part One. Uh, But it's still worth mentioning because it is such a simple way that so many mums can be actively more environmentally friendly. Oh, and I say simple there, but I do recognize breastfeeding isn't simple. It's a massive sacrifice to one's body and time. It's often really hard to start out. But if you can make it past the hard stages, then it can be such a simple way to lessen our environmental impact. So breast milk is actually, in fact, the most sustainable food ever created. Uh, It's a naturally renewable carbon neutral resource and is about as locally produced as is possible. It also requires no energy for refrigeration or heating, no pollution due to its manufacture. There's no advertising or packaging needed and no transport cost either. Uh, And it's actually covering all the nutrients and food that a baby needs for its entire first six months of its life. Okay, my seventh point then continues on. So we've just done six months of breastfeeding, hopefully, um, and then probably around six months we start offering solids. And, of course, here is another angle where we can choose to be more environmentally conscious. Firstly, making our own food is not only going to be more nutritious, so there'll be no additives or preservatives, It's also going to be cheaper and it reduces waste and uses less energy. So also eating local foods is generally going to be more fresh as it hasn't had to travel as far, but it also reduces transport footprint or food miles as they're called uh, because the shorter the distance required to travel, the less fuel and energy is needed. Uh, On top of this, it's worth trying to eat foods that are in season. So head to your local farmer's markets buy fresh, locally made or grown products, and actually even more, grow your own products if you can. Grow or make your own products. Um, They'll be organic. They'll be as local as you can get. I know this can be easier said than done. We're trying to do this, but haven't quite nailed having produce ready to pick constantly. So we tend to have like a rush of something like spinach or tomatoes or peas or something for a month, and it's just crazy. And then we just have this dead looking garden for another few months while we're trying to get seeds up and running again. So it's definitely a work in progress. But if you're a green thumb, good on you. All right. My eighth point is to look at the amount of plastic you're using. It's shocking how many baby products are plastic. So there's food utensils and sippy cups to toys. Plastic is seriously hard to avoid with kids. And in terms of food products, Thankfully, nowadays, there are bamboo or other recycled material options, but they're definitely more difficult to come by and are going to be a fair bit more expensive too. In terms of toys, like I've mentioned with clothes, there are some great toys that you can get secondhand through op shops, 
toy libraries and hand-me-downs. And if you're looking to purchase new toys, consider ones that are made of sustainable materials like wood or cloth because these naturally break down. They're often BPA-free and they can be recycled. When I've looked into wooden toys, I've often been scared away a little bit by the price tag. But nowadays, big retailers like BW and Target have a range of wooden toys that are also pretty cute and can make it more accessible for families. I also read, interestingly, uh, that Lego now make their trees, bushes and leaves, so all their green kind of products, from plastic sourced from sugarcane as opposed to oil. So it's literally making these items more green, which is cool. Uh, Lego also have pledged to convert fully to sustainable materials by 2030. Uh, And a side note here to cut down on plastic use, whether it's with purchasing toys or food utensils or anything really, we can be actively choosing items that are packaged in recyclable or biodegradable packaging rather than plastic. Okay, on to point nine. So just two points to go. You're doing well if you followed along so far. All right, so point nine is cleaning products. Basically, I've never actually thought or cared really about cleaning products in my entire life, but since having Rupert, I've become more aware that they actually contain a whole host of potentially harmful chemicals to both our bodies and the environment. Air and water pollution are harmful effects of conventional cleaning agents, uh, but thankfully nowadays there are heaps of cleaning products being made with natural ingredients, which are more beneficial for the environment. Of course, homemade cleaning products are also a great way to go and often work just as well. So things like bicarb, soda, vinegar, lemon juice, these ones offer great options for safely cleaning your home. And on top of considering the environmental impact, I've really had to rethink what I've regularly been using before Rupert came along that now are potentially hazardous with an almost crawler. So things like cockroach bait is really not great for a baby to stumble upon. All right, my 10th and final point is transport. So not the transport costs of importing and moving products around, which I've already touched on, but transporting ourselves and our families. You're probably aware that cars are one of the least eco-friendly options of transport available, despite being sadly so convenient. Uh, Before a car even makes it onto the road, it's consumed huge amounts of energy in its production. And then once a car is on the road, In order to work, it consumes fuel and energy and therefore produces toxins like carbon monoxide, which causes air pollution and leads to global warming. So rather than using a car, here are some more environmentally friendly transport options. It's not rocket science, of course. (laughs) If you're a city slicker, public transport may be a good option for you. They're generally pram friendly and heaps of kids find things like trains and buses the best. They love them. So it's almost a treat for them to get an experience riding in public transport. Second option would be cycling. This is awesome uh, as it uses minimal fossil fuels and is pollution free. And bikes have the ability to carry a child in one of those child seat things or to carry more than one child if you've got one of the like carts or trailers that get pulled along. They're awesome. But I also can imagine they would take some pretty strong legs and good biking skills to pull along. So especially if you've got heels around your area. So cycling is an option if you can do it. And then, of course, walking is going to be your most environmentally friendly transport option. With a baby in the pram, it's simple. It's a great way to get in some exercise and fresh air, which is really important. If you haven't listened to episode three where we talk about the importance of being outdoors, make sure you do that. 
Uh, and walking can take you places. So a lot of mothers' groups early on are made up of mums who live in the same suburb, and so you meet up quite close to home normally. Um, often as well, you pop your kids in a childcare or preschool that's close to home. So if you can do a walk to the drop-off, um, and even as your kids get older, doing this using this as like a bike or scooter time be such a good way to use up kids' energy but also to be yeah, lessening your environmental footprint. Yes, using a car is convenient and fast, but this is another great way to consider making small changes that can benefit the environment. So that's my 10 points covering some little tips on how we can make changes to our environmental impact with young children. This topic was inspired by my guilt about putting out the nappy bin every day or so and then has obviously progressed past nappies and into other ways that I can make some changes. Thankfully for me, some of these points come easily. Doing things like walking places is something I enjoy, so I find it really easy to substitute driving to the shops with walking or walking to my friend's house for catch-ups. I've also been lucky enough to be passed down heaps of clothes and, as I mentioned, borrow furniture from others, so we've already been in the headspace of using secondhand items, although I will admit that wasn't a conscious decision because I was trying to be more environmentally friendly. It was just probably stemmed out of me being a little bit tight with money, to be honest. But hey, it makes me feel better now knowing it's environmentally friendly. (laughs) Uh, But there are some points here that are more difficult for me. Substituting plastics for more sustainable materials in toys, especially, or even food products, uh, is something I really need to be more conscious of. What that probably looks like is being more organized and purchasing things that I'm likely to need online, you know, weeks in advance of when I'm actually going to need them. For example, when I started solids with Rue, it was basically one day me going, ah, he's six months old, I should start offering him solids. And then being like, oh, I don't have any plastic or like Tupperware-y type stuff. So I just walked down to Woolworths and bought some spoons and a cup. And of course, Woolworths only offered plastic. Um, So yeah, being more organized will help. Anyway, so there's obviously points that I need to work on too. I'd love to hear your thoughts about being environmentally friendly with young kids. Do you have any tips or any go-to websites or brands that you think are great? Do you follow some super mum on Instagram that I should be following as well? Please do share. Get in contact through Instagram or Facebook at Mum Will Know and let me know your thoughts and ideas. And if you found today's episode interesting, I'd so appreciate if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts so that more families can listen in. It means so much to me to hear your feedback. Also, so you're in the loop and don't miss out on next week's episode, make sure you've subscribed to Mum Will Know through your podcast app. Okay, I'll leave you to it. Have a great week, mums. You are doing an awesome job.